Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. Welcome to the Business Homies podcast. I think I'm going to call it Business Homies Radio, though. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, my name is Michelle Bennett. I am a Toronto-based interior decorator. Uh, and like I, I said in the intro, I used to be a graphic designer. I used to be a marketer. And now I am finally following my passion. Uh, I've started a business and it's going extremely well. Could it be doing better? Heck yeah. Can it always be doing better? Uh, But this is one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. I want to continue to improve myself. I want to learn from amazing designers that I admire. I want to learn from designers that I've never met before. Like I am willing to talk to anybody and there's always something uh, to learn from anyone we talk to. So my first episode is probably going to be a bit of a shorter one, uh, but I'm going to try to tell you a little bit about who the heck I am why, what I, what my goal for this podcast is, and um, maybe just give you a couple of random facts about me so that you can kind of get to know me a little better and you can feel like we're friends, like we're real legit homies. So, okay, first things first, the purpose of this podcast, well, it's, there's a lot of purposes to said podcast. <laughs> so um, the main purpose though is probably for me to continue to learn. So like I say in my intro, I am, I definitely selfishly made this podcast. I listen to podcasts religiously. I'm, I'm, one might even call me a podcast addict. I listen to podcasts every second I can while I'm working, while I'm driving, while I'm working out, while I'm cleaning the house, while I'm doing the dishes, like just all the time. Uh, it's to the point where my boyfriend makes fun of me and basically is like, seriously, like you can't even get out of the car and pause your podcast. Like, can't you just not have a podcast on for a second? And the answer to that is no. So obviously it only made sense for me to start my own podcast. So this is kind of where I'm at, but I wanted to start my podcast so that I could really uh, dive deep and pick the brains of, of designers and even industry experts. I haven't really thought about who those industry experts might be at this point, but I am sure that there are people, business type people that I could talk to. And Actually, my wheels are turning as I say this. I could reach out to um, some of the business coach, like the eventual millionaire. Maybe she would talk to me eventually if I turn this podcast into something semi-decent. Here's to hoping. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really just, honestly, guys, I'm in a constant state of wanting to improve my processes, improve my design, improve my ability to communicate with clients. And having started a business without any real experience really means that my learning curve is steep and anything I can do to kind of fast track that learning curve, I am going to do it. So that's kind of goal one. I haven't really like planned out these goals that I'm going to share with you, but there are, there's some goals. Goal number two, um, I'm going to say this a lot on the podcast because I don't know about you, but I am a firm believer in your thoughts become your reality and saying things out loud can make things happen and having it basically the universe hear what you want so that you can hopefully get it. I want to host my own TV show, peeps. 
So there you go, universe. I hope you're listening. But this is kind of me also just testing out my ability to uh, think quickly on the spot, interview people, um, and also potentially use this as a way to show potential shows. I don't know. TV shows, like for me, I want to get on the social here in Toronto. Um, and maybe if I have some stuff I can share as far as my personality and how quick I can think on my feet and do my thing, then maybe that will help get me there. I don't know. It's kind of like, the, that's a goal. It's like an indirect goal. And this is just one of these things where I love this kind of thing. Um, I get to be creative and produce something that's more of a passion project than a direct because obviously none of this is going to help me get more clients that are going to pay me for design. Um, but you know, who knows down the line what, where this might take me. I'm just kind of a firm believer in an audience is always a good thing and figure out what you can do with those people later. Um, but okay. The last goal is what I'm calling the trifecta goal. So we all have designers that we follow and admire and, you know, let's just say it, have design crushes on. And I have a few of those. And you know what? That list could get real long. But for the sake of simplicity and effect and creating a trifecta, I'm going to set my first goal. So it's kind of like the purpose of this podcast is to eventually make this goal happen. And every week, I'm going to try to remind you of this goal because I think there's some things that you can do to help me get there. The trifecta goal is, drumroll please, I would like to talk to three of my design heroes. Design hero number one, Larkin Lennon, Jacqueline Clark. She's a blogger turned interior designer and she's in Toronto and I follow her. I think she's amazing. And full disclosure, I completely uh, got a little ahead of myself, got a little excited and sent her a private message asking her if she would be a guest on my podcast. And I fully thought she probably would maybe never reply to which, you know, she did not. And I don't blame her one bit because who the heck am I um, as business owners, especially when you're solo, our time is pretty much the most valuable thing. So fair enough, Jacqueline Clark, but I am going to do my best to prove to you that I am worth talking to. So that is trifecta point one. I I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but number two, I would really love to talk to Amber Interiors. Uh, I don't even know her last name, but she has been a huge inspiration to me. And I also just admire her for what she's you know, where she's come from and how she's grown into this amazing empire that she's built. Uh, And I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a design degree, which is very reminiscent of this girl, this girl being me, your homie, Michelle. Uh, Okay. And then number three, I would really like to talk to uh, Studio McGee. So Shay McGee, Sid McGee, hey, if you want to talk to, I am not going to turn you away. But I, I don't know what she's built is quite incredible. And those are basically like super hashtag goals right there. I can't, I can't even begin to comprehend the amount like what she's done. So that is kind of like the big goal guys. And I would love it if you could help me get there. And you're probably wondering, well, what the heck am I going to do to get you there? Well, 
Number one, you can tell your friends. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, tell everybody that you know who's a designer about the podcast so that I can get more listenership. Number two, you could subscribe. Number three, you could leave a review. Um, I know I've got some time to prove myself on all that front, but maybe you could just start with a measly little subscribe, you know, just click the little button. That's it. Um, but the way I see it is if I have a decent listener base and a lot of subscribers, um, I don't see why these people wouldn't want to take time out of their busy schedules to chat with me and share their story and maybe, you know, I'll pick their brain while I'm at it. So that's kind of it, guys, the trifecta goal of the podcast. Um, And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So in the interest of trying to have you guys, the listeners, get to know a little bit more about me, because I don't know, when I'm listening to somebody, I want to feel like I know a little bit about who they are, what they're about, their backstory. I'm going to just share with you a little bit of that. So I... I grew up in a very small town. So I live in Toronto, Ontario. Like I needed to specify where that was. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) But uh, I'm from a super small town called Thamesville, population 1000. Uh, Another unrelated note, I am also drinking, it's Sunday and I'm drinking a Caesar. So you can hear the, maybe you can hear that. I'm having a sip of my Caesar. Uh, That's what I do on Sundays. I drink Caesars and it just... It's just past 12, so it's definitely an acceptable time to be doing that. Anyway, so um, yeah, I'm from a very small town, population 1,000, grew up in the country. No, I was not a farmer, Um, but my father was and is a professional artist, and um, it was funny because I was, I don't know, growing up I had like, I guess what you could call these like claim to fames, and So basically what I mean by that is when I would meet people and I would say my name, they would say, oh, is your dad that the famous artist? And, you know, the term famous is a strong word in this case, but he was well known and definitely well known in his area and he's done amazing things. And uh, if you want to check out his art, you can go to michellebennett.com and it's M-I-C-H-E-L-B-I-N-E-T-T-E.com. I'm very proud of what he's done. Uh, he's a very talented artist, um, always been a little bit something hard to live up to, uh, to, to his standards because he's that talented. But then also we grew up, and this is kind of an interesting piece that's a bit relevant to kind of what I do now. We grew, I, we grew up in a schoolhouse, so my parents purchased an old schoolhouse, which um, they renovated into this amazing, I would say, museum-like home. Um, you know, I can, uh, I have an appreciation of that home looking back on it at the time though, it was so different. It was very open concept before open concept was was a thing. So it's kind of cool that my parents kind of had that vision, um, and didn't, they didn't conform to, you know, what was trendy and they just did what they did because they, what they thought was beautiful. And, and it had like a balcony, um, kind of overlooking the dining area, I'm going to try my best to hunt down some photos and share them in the show notes, but I know I don't personally have any. Uh, But anyways, it was this really amazing home, but it was like not a kid, not a home that a kid was excited about growing up in. But it was also one of those things where when I met people, they're like, oh, you live in the schoolhouse, right? So it was kind of weird, these things. But, um, But what my dad did teach me was kind of the, I don't know, the meaning of passion and 
being so in love with what you do for a living. And um, he, he really kind of threw himself into his art kind of fully. And that was something that I did learn from him. And it's something nice that we have in common now that we can talk about. But uh, I was always really good at art. But I, growing up, I never thought I wanted to be an artist of any sort because I did see my dad struggle. And I remember actually saying, you know, I, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be an artist. That's not what I want to do. And then here I am now. But uh, then in high school, you know, the only thing I was ever really good at was art or communications. And I didn't know what to do. So my, I basically, my sister-in-law, so my, my brother's girlfriend at the time, now, sis, now wife, my sister-in-law, was, a, was going to school for graphic design and she went to Fanshawe College. So I thought, well, I mean... I guess that's what I could do, right? I'll do that. So that's what I did. I never really felt that passionate about it. Graduated, really couldn't find a job. Started working at Subway. So I was a graduate. I had a college diploma. I was working at Subway. I remember having to go back to Subway because I did work at Subway, I think, while I was in school. And I had quit because I thought I'd, I can't remember the details now, but I quit. And then I remember having to go back. And I remember one day they called me and they asked me to come in. So you know how that happens. Like, oh, someone called in and said, can you come in? And I'm not quick on my feet. So I basically said, yeah, okay. Because I couldn't think of an excuse quickly enough. I hung up the phone. I remember just started bawling my eyes out. And then I went into work that day. My eyes were puffy. And I made Subway sandwiches and cried into them as I made them. And that was like a real low point for me. Um, but anyways, I ended up getting a job after that um, as a graphic designer for a weight loss franchise in Canada. And then from there, I started to kind of climb the ladder. And I was, you know, the marketing supervisor, then I was the marketing manager, and then the associate marketing manager, senior marketing manager. Uh, fast forward to that company filing, filing for bankruptcy protection, lost my job, got another job with the old CEO of that company as director of marketing for a massage therapy franchise in Canada. And uh, first year of that, rocked it, rocked it. And it was a real stretch job for me because I had never run an entire marketing department on my own where I was the one communicating with franchisees. I was the one leading the strategy and it terrified me. And it was just a constant battle of confidence issues, which is a constant battle on the reg, if I'm being honest. But it was just something about the higher up in my job I got in my career, the more the confidence became super problematic. And then it turned into high anxiety. And it, I've, I didn't really know that it was, I was somebody who had anxiety until I started to learn more about it. I just thought that's how people lived. But I started to realize that um, this job was not for me. It was six months of just panic attacks, not sleeping at night, drove me to therapy. So I'm just freaking laying it all out here on this podcast right now. But it just, it was extremely toxic for my, my mental health. That being said, it was a really great work environment with really great colleagues, a great boss. You know, we had a ping pong table, we had beer. Uh, we had so much fun, but the stress was too much for me. And then for six months, I basically said, cried to my boyfriend every morning, literally would wake up crying, just filled with anxiety and, 
like panic. I don't really know how to describe it other than that. And I remember just telling him every day, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, I'm going to get fired. And I remember thinking, how am I ever going to find a job that pays me this much again? So then one Sunday I get an email from my then boss and he says, I'd like it if you could come in at eight tomorrow morning uh, to talk about, yeah, you know what? He might've been very vague. I just want to talk. I think he said he wanted to talk about a presentation because we had a big franchise meeting that Saturday the next weekend. And I said, sure. And I thought, oh, this is not a good sign. Got up the next morning, said to Dave, I hope I'm not getting fired. Kissed him on the lips, said goodbye. Gripped my steering wheel so hard and basically talked to myself the whole way to work saying it's going to be fine. Whatever happens, it's going to be fine. I get to work. Sure enough, I lost my job. And then, you know, my ego was really hurt by that, obviously. But I, it was like a load had been lifted off my shoulders. It was the most liberating thing. And the fact that he saved me from that franchise meeting was just like oh, the best thing that could have ever happened. Literally, that is the best thing that happened to me. Um, so a couple of days later, I decided I was going to start my own business. And that's kind of the kickoff. So it was November 2nd, 2015 was when I lost my job. And that week I made the decision and I enrolled into an online uh, design school. So the Interior Design Institute, which is based in Vancouver, Canada. Full disclosure, never finished that. But, uh, and I got six months severance. So full disclosure, I got six months severance, which was super helpful. I launched a website blog on, in January. Then I launched my services by April. Um, pretty much April, I got my first client. I paid, I got a $150 paint consultation about 10 minutes after I posted in a local Facebook group. And that, that moment was just life altering. Really. It was just like, wow. I mean, I am really doing this and I'm going to do this. And so basically it's been a series of super high and super lows (laughs) and, um, From there, what I did was I was following a whole bunch of design groups, Facebook groups, which um, I I won't get into those now. I'm sure I will share those over the period of the numerous podcasts that I will have. But I started following people who were being in business for like 10 years and they, you know, were a great asset to all of us members in that group. And then something happened. Um, I thought, actually backpedal or back, back it up a little bit here. Rewind. Before that, I actually launched a Facebook group that was client facing. So a little background on where the heck business homies, the name came from, because it's kind of stupid. I can fully appreciate that. But I came up with the name dream homies. So I don't think I need to explain the pun. But uh, I started that Facebook group, which was client facing. So I have about a 1000 people in that group but it's not for designers. So if you're a designer and you request access there, I will in fact decline you. So don't bother even trying. (laughs) But um, so I started Dream Homies. And what I started to notice was that because I was very engaged in all these Facebook groups, a lot of designers would kind of check out my Facebook page and then they would end up requesting access into my Dream Homies group. And And the truth is, that's a strategic group that I'm trying to build out to potentially launch maybe a more passive income type product. And the last thing I need is for it to be watered down with more designers. And I started to notice that it was really only designers requesting access to this thing. So 
uh, I think it was last May, actually, so it's probably about my year anniversary of the Business Homies Facebook group, which I'm going to tell you about in a sec, um, I thought to myself, well, what if I just, instead of, gives these designers that keep asking to be a member of my Dream Homies group, to be a part of a, a group where I share my journey. So we're all following these amazing people who inspire us to do great things in our business and they teach us so much. But what if people could just get inspired and follow somebody that's new like me, that's trying to basically build a business from nothing? You know, somebody who had never worked in a firm, doesn't even technically have a, a degree or a diploma. Uh, and, you know, I've kind of been doing okay. I'm shocked at how well I'm doing. Again, could I be doing better? Heck yeah. <laughs> but uh, but still, it's amazing what I've built. And uh, so basically, I thought, I'm just going to create a Facebook group for designers. And then I thought, well, what am I going to call it? And I was like, uh, I'll just call it business homies. And is it that creative? No. But at this point, I'm very much of the mentality that I don't need to overthink things. Just do it. Start it. Just start actioning. So that's a big thing that I've learned in the last two years. So that's kind of where business homies was started and how it all kind of came to be. And so, um, so that's kind of the backstory of how I got to here in a nutshell. And I'm really proud to say that in my first year of business, so last year, 2017 was my first full year of business. And I don't know that I'm going to say numbers at this point, but I was making six figures in, and I say this I'm gonna, in the words of Veronica Solomon, who is a guru that I follow, she, she shares numbers sometimes and she's like, I'm not trying to brag. And this is also the same thing for me. I just want to, to kind of show people and illustrate what is possible. So when I was in corporate, when I left my last job, I was making six figures. And um, last year, I was very close to making six figures which to me is insane. Now, granted, that also does take into account cost of goods, uh, over overhead uh, stuff is all kind of in that and has to be pulled out. But it's still to me, extremely amazing. And I just it really, really tells me what is possible. So so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Now, I already told you the purpose of the group, I told you I, I wanted to tell you about kind of the name. Um, I guess one other thing I'm going to do, just so you can get to know me a little better on a more personal level. So I did a blog about myself, about uh, totally irrelevant facts about me. And here's, here's the thing very early on. And I actually am planning on doing, I think podcast five, episode five, my topic is going to be, um, why I decided to be unapologetically myself in my branding and the unexpected side effect of that. So part of that really meant to me that I needed to show people who I was and get people to know who I am. And part of that is letting people in a little bit. So on my Facebook or sorry, on my website, I did a blog post called 10 fun yet totally irrelevant facts about me. So I'm going to give you just a few of those just so you can get to know me a little bit better. So fact number one, I play, I do not play roller derby anymore, but I used to play roller derby. I retired last July-ish because I knew that I needed to make space for, to focus on this business. And roller derby is in fact, one of the greatest sports of all time. 
biased, yes, but still is. And so if you don't know what roller derby is, watch the movie Whip It, fall in love with it. And it's a very rough sport, yes. And um, I was pretty much living in a constant state of bruising, injury, and all that good stuff. But it was honestly just the best, the absolute best experience. And it opened me my eyes up to so many things. And not only that, just really showed me how powerful I actually am. And it pushed my limits beyond belief. And I think once I started playing roller derby, I started to realize just how tough I was. And I don't know, it's awesome. Not only that, though, you get trading cards, guys, and you legit I have a I'm going to share these on my on my, uh, my uh, show notes, but you get a a trading card of yourself. It's the coolest. Um, so let's see. Nobody cares that I'm a mom to two cats. Okay, let's see. I have a titanium rod in my tibia and metal plates in my jaw. So yes, in case you're wondering, the titanium rod is 100 million percent to do with roller derby. I broke my leg. I had just finished um, basically the fresh meat course, which is how you learn how to play roller derby. And I became I, I became a team member on the far, the farm team. And I went to do a scrimmage, um, and it wasn't like it was an unplanned scrimmage, and it was uh, what's it called? Devil's Night. I don't remember when. This is probably about four or five years ago, probably five and a half years ago. I got out for my very first jam against, I think, well, one of my superhero players that I admired was there, and I remember thinking I was fangirling over her. And I got hit when I was coming around the turn, and while I was still upright, I basically felt my shin blow up, <laughs> which is literally what it felt like. I just, it, so I got hit, and I'm pretty sure my leg broke before I even hit the ground. So, um, and I, I remember falling to the ground and saying, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> and then I, I kind of cupped my shin and I felt like a bit of a bulge and I was like, Oh my God. And then I thought, well, I don't know. Cause I definitely thought I broke or broke something, but then the fact that I didn't feel like there was that much pain, I thought, well, maybe I'm okay. But sure enough, I broke my leg in two places, which then resulted in surgery. And now I have a titanium rod in my tibia. And then metal plates are in my jaw from orthodontic work. They basically cut my jaw and realigned it. So I'm pretty much bionic. So that's how that is. And okay, another claim to fame growing up, guys, is that I had... My father was an artist, like I said, and he drew pictures. So he's, he... The owners of McDonald's were clients of his, and basically that meant he sold a lot of art to the owners of McDonald's. Mental note find owners of McDonald's to become my next client. That would be fun. That would be kind of cool. Kind of full circle moment. But anyways, um, my, so my, my father drew pictures of me and my brother eating McDonald's fries or McDonald's food. And there's a picture of me on a tricycle. I look like I'm about three. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that this like captured onto like a forever piece of art, my kryptonite, which is French fries and basically all things made of potatoes. So I'm probably gonna have to blame my dad for that whole deal. But yeah, so people also were like, along with the, oh, is your dad the famous artist? Are you the one that lives in the schoolhouse? I was also, are you the one that has the picture up in McDonald's? This is my life, people. This, these are ridiculous. I hope to have better claim to fames as the years go on, aka host my TV show. 
Um, did I already say that was a goal of mine? I can't remember. But yeah, I really want to be a host of a TV show. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay. The last one I'm going to share with you is that my feet appeared in Canadian People magazine. So like I said, I used to work for a weight loss company back in the day and we had an ad running. So, you know, we were on a tight budget. We didn't have money for a model, let alone a foot model. So this girl basically did, did the old stood up literally that was no pun intended that time, but uh, stood up to the old plate and did it. And I will share that in the show notes too, because it's embarrassing. And yes, I fully should have gotten a pedicure and I did not. So anyways, guys, that's, that's kind of the purpose, like a little bit about me, a little bit about um, my backstory and why I'm actually creating this podcast. And here's what I'll say. The last little bit is I really hope that you will subscribe and I'm going to tell you this every time and also leave a review. I get it. It's too soon for you to leave a review probably because I have not proven myself to you, but I hope that you will continue to listen and I will prove myself to you that I am a worthy podcast show to listen to and you will leave a review, tell your friends and help me be worthwhile to the trifecta effect of talking to my three of the people that I admire greatly. So anyways, guys, that's all I got for you now. That's not true. I've got one more thing to say, and that's you can follow along my journey. Like I said, business homies, go to Facebook, search business homies, and that is where you can request access to the Facebook group. And that's where I go live and I get real raw with it, guys. And most of the time my hair is not done. Most of the time I don't have makeup on my face. Most of the time I just look a hot mess, but I just do not care because I just come and talk when I'm when the mood hits and inspiration to talk about something or something bad happens, like it's all there, guys. Uh, also follow me on Instagram, michellebennett.design, all of that. Go to businesshomies.com to read the show notes. Otherwise, guys, for real this time, that's all I got for you. I will see you next week. Bye, homies. 